Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. This is part three in our series on the SECURE Act. The SECURE Act 2.0 is changing the retirement landscape again. It's a 300-page bill that includes more than 90 retirement provisions. Today, we're focusing on catch-up contributions. I'm here with Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. Sean Honkamp is with us today. Sean is a certified financial planner a certified financial fiduciary, and a CPA. Rochelle Smith, producer of the podcast here, and I am Molly Nelson, host of this podcast. Let's go back for just a second. Let's talk a little bit about part one. Sean, you read something kind of interesting, a take on all these RMD changes that we talked about in our Secure Act part one podcast. Yeah, an interesting tidbit with the Secure Act is that with twenty within 2023, nobody will become... RMD eligible for this year, meaning nobody has to start it this year. Because if you turn 73 this year, that means you turned age 72 back in 2022, which is when you would have been required to start your RMDs. So nobody new will be starting RMDs in 2023. And you may be wondering, what is Sean exactly talking about? Yes, the RMD age has changed. And don't worry, it's changing again in 10 years. We go through all the details in part one of our Secure Act 2.0 series of podcasts. So check that out if you want to find out the latest on RMDs and how they impact your retirement. Part two, we talked about 529 plans and Roth contributions, what's changing with that. And today we want to focus on catch-up contributions. First, Lauren, let's define a catch-up contributions and what kinds of accounts are eligible for a catch-up contribution. A catch-up contribution is a way for the IRS to say, once you get to a certain age, you can start contributing more towards your retirement accounts. And right now that certain age is age 50. So those of you age 50 and above for your IRAs can contribute more for your 401k plans. You can also contribute more. So the total contribution amount this year for 401k plans is $30,000. That includes the standard plus catch-up. And the total contribution limit for IRAs is $7,500, also including the catch-up and standard. Is it fair to say, guys, that that's nice of the IRS? I think so. I mean, the, 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 what it does is it allows us to contribute more. So there has to be restrictions around everything, right? Of course. Um, and we can argue about what those restrictions should be, but they allow us to contribute more this year than last year. So I like it. Yeah, I'd say it's nice. We want control and options as we move into these stages of life. And as we build retirement plans, it's all about control and options. So now that we have an opportunity to save more for those that can, we certainly want to take advantage of that. Yeah. So for 2023, you can put 6,500 into a 401k or a traditional IRA. If you're over 50, you can put in another thousand, but Secure Act 2.0 comes into play in 2024. This is all changing. In 2024, the way that the catch-up contributions are going to work is there's an there's an earned income limit associated with it. So what they're saying is if you make too much, and to them too much is $145,000, then your catch-up contribution, and this is to the 401k plans, by the way. Okay, so this is not the IRA. This is the 401k plan. If you're contributing to the 401k plan and you choose to exercise the catch-up contribution, your catch-up contribution must go to the Roth 401k side. And again, that's if your income is over $145,000. Now, immediately the mind is probably going to, well, what if my employer doesn't offer the 401, the Roth 401k side? Then there's no Roth 401k side for your catch-up contribution to go to. So then it can go to the pre-tax side. So it's, it's first, what you do is you look at what your income is. If you're over 145, 
Then you need to look at uh, what does your employer offer if they offer the Roth. It has to go to the Roth side. If not, then it goes to the pre-tax side. Now, what if your catch-up contribution does go to the Roth by choice or force? Then that catch-up contribution is taxable. So it's not going to the pre-tax side. It's going to the after-tax Roth side, which means you will be taxed on that amount that you put into the Roth side. Now, the benefit of that is you're paying taxes on it in the year that you contribute it, but contribute to it, but it's going to grow tax-free forever. So eventually, once you take it out down the road, you're going to take it out tax-free and all the growth is going to come out to you tax-free as well. I'm open to this being a ridiculous question. So go ahead and say, Molly, that's a ridiculous question. But let's say you work in an environment where you don't know what you're going to make exactly that year. And you... Great clarification. <laughs> Actually, I should have said that as a part of the explanation. They go based on prior year income. So that 145 is based on prior year. So that way everybody knows what the prior year income was. And then you know, does your catch-up contribution go towards the Roth side or the pre-tax side? And let's say you don't know about the rule or you don't make the right election. How does that work out? Well, this is a, a 401k plan. So it's administered by the employer as well as the custodian. Um, and this, I mean, granted, this rule is brand new, but my guess is it's going to be all administered through the custodian. So you don't actually have that option. They're going to do that behind the scenes and force that money to go to the Roth side. And that's not a great comment to think about. These things can't just happen overnight with all these changes, the the plans. These are these are new. These are changes to the IRS requirements and laws. Uh, the technology is going to have to catch up with us. So for individuals that are thinking about this right away, that are staying up to speed on that, um, I'm sure plenty of people have read this 300-page bill like Lauren has. Um, you might want to <laughs> try to take advantage. It's by his bedside, Sean. Yeah. It's literally, he falls asleep with it each night. <laughs> you can't throw me under the bus. I know you've read it at least three times. <laughs> I've got a copy at home, copy in the car. Yeah, there you go. Lots of reading bills for yeah. you guys lately. So, so we can't always implement all these changes right away. We need the technology to catch up with us. So that's ketchup contributions, but there's a special ketchup contribution provision under Secure Act 2.0. Well, if you ask me, the whole Secure Act 2.0 is special, <laughs> but this is a special, <laughs> special provision All with, right. with the 401k plans. For those of you who are, wait a minute, <clears throat> ages 60, 61, 62, or 63. If you're 64, you did not make the cut. So this special catch-up contribution means that you can contribute the greater of $10,000 or 150% of what the standard catch-up amount was for prior year. <clears throat> so this rule goes into effect, as you said, Molly, 2025. So we have to look at what the standard catch-up provision is going to be in 2024, and then it's the greater of 10000 or 150% of that. For those of you who are between the ages of 60 and 63. And let's pretend, if we all could for just a moment, that we're senators in Washington. I like Senator <laughs> Nelson. Doesn't that have a ring to it, guys? Oh, it does. You should, well, I sounds think like a one-term. <laughs> sounds, sounds, oh. like, sounds like the launch of a campaign. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. I think you're a one-term campaign. Address <laughs> me as Senator Nelson. Let's pretend I'm in Washington and they're like, hey, guys, well, let's vote on a retirement plan and let's uh, let people put more money into their retirement accounts and let's even let them do it even more as they get closer to retirement but when they turn 63 let's tell them you know what your special time is over <laughs> i mean wh what? <laughs> what what i don't get it i don't know how many times we've said this but job security it 
it, it's job security for us. So they can rewrite the bill. It's really, it's really no for us retirement planners. Oh, it's job so security. You the lawmakers be, because it's really tough. One, one, not many people, not many people realize that's a part of Secure Act 2.0. But then, how do you apply that in a meaningful way to help you on your mission to retire and retire well? And then know that between these certain ages, you can contribute in excess. But you have to realize that that law exists. But then you also have to look back at what the 2024 standard catch-up was and calculate 150% of that and, and then be able to afford those contributions. And it's a, it's a maze of, of uh, mess is what it is, which is why they should call that a special provision. So I'm glad they do. And the good news is it is a maze of a mess, but in all seriousness, I know that both of you have been studying this very closely. And my question is, so we read this, we talk about this, but how do you apply it? When you're talking about catch-up contributions, what other options are people looking at? To me, it seems like, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd make the contributions, but I'm sure that people are getting ready to retire also thinking about paying off mortgages or their other investments or their brokerage accounts or again, all the other things they have going on. So let's talk about how you use the catch-up contributions in a comprehensive retirement plan. And, and Lauren mentioned job security with so many moving pieces, you know, it's almost like you need to draw out one of those timelines for yourself and, and put these important dates out there. There are so many moving pieces and now even more ages that we need to track and be aware of and plan for. And th that takes a lot, you know, and that, that's a big reason why that, that's a, that's the confidence and the clarity that a lot of the families that we work with, that's what they're looking for. Cause people don't want to spend their time in the pre-retirement stage of life and even more so in their retirement stage of life, reading 300 page bills, um, as much as we might enjoy it. I know most of you don't want to be doing that. So it takes a focus. It takes dedication and, and the commitment to having the plan. And that's the value of having a written out plan is that we can plan for, hey, we know in 2027, we're going to have this opportunity, or maybe we're doing this. So we can work towards some of these milestones and, and be aware of them and make sure that we're analyzing these opportunities and making the decisions that are best fit for your plan for any given year. Are you looking at the retirement plans of maybe some of the families or individuals we work with that are 55 or 60 and now looking at, hey, maybe we want to do this at 63, you have the conversation now, or do you talk to them at 62, or do you talk to them at 50? How does this work? Yeah, for these special provisions, we talk to those who it's applicable for. Uh, we wouldn't necessarily talk to somebody who's 57 about the 60, 61, uh, unless it was meaningful within their plan. But there's so many other things that we have to talk to people about that is meaningful meaningful and applicable in that particular year, that this is stuff that we need to know, but not necessarily everybody wants to get into the nuance of. Uh, but this is this is part of the reason. I mean, what we do uh, is what we do every year for the families and individuals that we work with. And it's nice to have that plan already built out. And, and constant change is just a part of it. So whether it's a, a Secure Act 2.0 catch up, special catch-up contribution change that now we have to apply to some of them, or it is an RMD change that we have to apply to some, some of them, right? This is the value of the customization of having your plan because some of these provisions aren't going to apply to you. Let's ignore them from now because it's just noise. Some of these provisions are going to apply to you. So let's really pay attention and apply it in a way that's going to help you try to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish from a retirement standpoint. Um, and that's kind of where the, the value of having a coach comes into play, right? Is we, we know what's applicable to the families and individuals we work with in this particular year. So let's focus on that. We know what's applicable down the road uh, and what's not applicable now. So let's table that conversation for a, a time frame that's going to be more meaningful to you. You might be wondering... 
Should you take advantage of catch-up contributions? Are you even eligible for some of these special contributions we're talking about? Maybe the RMD conversation. You've got some questions about that. It's okay. This is a lot to think about. You can talk directly to a retirement planner about your questions, whether it's about Secure Act 2.0 or any of the pieces of retirement. This is the opportunity. It's a 15-minute retirement checkup call. You can go to MerkleRetire.com, M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com, and schedule your 15-minute retirement checkup call today. And for the first time under Secure Act 2.0, some of these catch-up contributions will be adjusted for inflation going forward. So for those that are ages 60 to 63, when they can do that greater of 10,000 or 150% of the prior year catch-up, that contribution, that total contribution or catch-up contribution will be adjusted for inflation starting in 2026. So yet another moving piece that we're going to need to keep track of to identify how much we can put into your 401k in total. And when it comes to IRAs, the standard catch-up contribution that we're all familiar with is that $1,000. And starting in 2024, the increases to that $1,000 will step up in $100 increments if they adjust at all for a given year. So we can expect to see it go up at least to 1100 if they're going to increase it to a increase it in a given year if not even more than that depending on the inflationary levels that we're seeing and another retirement provision has to do with the qualifying longevity annuity contracts or more commonly QLAC. QLAC. And people call it QLAC because it's just easier to say QLAC. But essentially what it does from a strategy standpoint is it allows investors to defer their RMDs on, based on the prior law, the lesser of 25% or $130,000. So it, it does that by you invest that amount, whatever that amount is for you, into a, an annuity contract, an, a fixed annuity contract. And then you can wait all the way up until age 85 to start taking a required minimum distribution on that amount, whatever amount you put into that QLAC. Now, there wasn't a lot of uptake on that strategy because if you think about it, you, you, you would have to fit within the special sweet spot of retirement assets in order for it to be meaningful to you. If you don't have a lot, a lot of money, then a lot of investors wouldn't want to do it because they're already taking more than what they're required to take out already. So there's not an advantage of not taking required distributions from that amount because you're already taking out more than what you have to take out. And then you have the other side of the spectrum where you just have a lot of of money, and if you're limited to 25% or 130,000, then it doesn't necessarily move the needle enough to make it worth the worth it to you to jump through the hoops to establish the QLAC on that piece of your overall retirement money and just have another moving piece, another complex aspect of your overall retirement plan. So there were some investors who used it, but a lot of people just chose to stay away from it for those reasons. So the, the Secure Act 2.0, what it does is it eliminates the 25%. And it says you can do a QLAC of up to $200,000. So it's a more meaningful amount for more people. And it'll hit the upper echelon of those people who say, okay, $200,000, maybe I'll jump through the hoops to defer RMDs on $200,000. I'll start paying RMDs on it later down the road, maybe at age 85, um, where it might be more tax-friendly to take an, an RMD from that portion of the money. So it's going to impact very few people, but it is something that is is nice to be aware of because if you are one of those few people that it could work, then it's a strategy that that a lot of not not a lot of people are paying attention to that you could incorporate within your overall plan and help be a part of your overall retirement tax bill savings plan. 
So if you wait till 85 to take the RMDs, then are you stuck with a huge RMD and a big tax problem at 85? Well, maybe that is part of the the plan. Uh, it should be a part of your plan if you're going to incorporate a QLAC within it because that's exactly what you don't want it to do. The one the one thing sitting here today, let's say let's say um, you're you're going to do this, you're going to do it with $200,000. 12 years down the road, 13 years down the road, you don't exactly know what life is going to look like for you, but hopefully within your plan you can see See a way in which the QLAC would actually provide advantages to you. Maybe you're using the other part of your IRA with for income between now and then at age 85. So you're spending down that IRA and then a lot of that IRA is gone. So you have this $200,000 that's left at that point in time. So it could actually help your overall tax bill at that point. Um, maybe you're not planning on being alive. <laughs> at age 85. Sure. Based and on health, yeah, lifestyle, just a lot of factors. history, so, sure. So maybe that plays into your decision as well. But uh, if that was the po- if that's what was going to happen within your overall plan, you probably would want to stay away from the QLAC. Um, but there are strategies that people can use to make the QLAC worth it. But again, it's for a few people. It's not for everybody. The good news is when you're getting ready to retire, you have a lot of options. The bad news is when you're getting ready to retire, you have a lot of options. Probably a lot of questions as well. You can talk directly to a retirement planner about the questions you're having about the things you're hearing us talk about here today or all of the aspects of retirement. Go to MerkleRetire.com, M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com, and schedule your 15-minute retirement checkup call today. Sean, you've been having a lot of these 15-minute retirement checkup call conversations lately. RMDs have been coming up. Yeah, changes in rules and laws and seeing different legislative changes, those are constant. So it's interesting as we're talking to new individuals, you know, here we're we're early in January, they're going to reference the RMDs or they're referencing, you know, IRA contributions because that's something maybe they're thinking about for last year or trying to plan for this year. And they're already referring back to old laws, old language. So the RMDs, everybody's liking to hear that, you know, they'll say, oh, a lot of people are still referring to 70 and a half because it wasn't too many years ago where it was 70 and a half. And a lot of times I'll hear 71 and, and prior till now it was 72. And now we know it is switching to 73 effective now. So yeah, we've had a lot of conversations here already early in the first part of January that are referring to old language. So it's fun. People like to hear that these changes that are, we believe benefits us. So it's, it's fun to have those conversations and keep people up to speed on what's new. Yeah. And I always think it's not really the role of someone getting ready to retire or someone in retirement to watch this legislation, but it's really good to have somebody on your team who's keeping an eye on it for you. And more importantly, applying it to you when it, it's an advantage. If this QLAC is an advantage, at least you know about it, Lauren, to tell people about it. If your age is 73, but you need to wait another year until you take the RMD because you can wait, what, a year and three months, Here, here's what happens to your overall retirement plan. So to work with somebody who's keeping an eye on it for you is a real advantage. Yeah, it, it is your role to take control over your financial future and to make sure that you're financially ready for this next phase of your life. That is on you. And you're either going to do it yourself or you're going to find somebody to do that with you. So if you're not doing it with somebody, then yeah, you need to pay attention to this and make sure it applies uh, or is applied in a meaningful way to your plan to make sure that you can have the best retirement that you can. If not, partner with somebody and that somebody should, that is then their job to make sure that they're watching it and build the plan with you uh, so you can realize your real retirement vision. We'll keep watching what's happening in Washington and talking about all of the other aspects of retirement on this podcast. It's retiring today and we thank you for listening. 
Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Hey, look at that spider right there. Last time we were in here, I killed a spider. Yeah, Yeah, you're the spider killer. It's coming your way, Marco. Get it. You almost became Spider-Man. We might have he to... almost got you on the finger. 